Hello. I am Marissa, a teen librarian. I am Mary. I am also a teen services librarian. And we are here to talk about books. What kind of books? Young adult, middle grade, graphic novels, audiobooks, LGBTQIA+, and more. Come jam with us on the Book Jam. So if you want to follow us on our social medias, we are on Twitter and Instagram at the Book Jam 1. You can also listen to us on Spotify and Apple Music or your podcatcher of choice. Um, if you do listen to us in a place where we can be rated, give us a review, hopefully favorably. All right. What are we talking about today, Marissa? Okay. So we are here to talk about transgender and non-binary books because it is Transgender Awareness Week. And we wanted to talk about transgender and non-binary books that we recommend and love. So we are going to get to it. We're a little bit late, but some life things, I think, here we are. Because we did not want to not talk about our favorite trans and non-binary books on the podcast today. But we did also make sure we did a good job of it. So we'll talk about some of our favorites. And hopefully you'll hear about some great books. And then some more books to add to your to be red pile. So let's get to it. Sure. Do you want to go first since you have the middle grade? I will. Ooh, you're giving it away. No. My book is <laughs> is a middle grade book. It is Both Can Be True by Jules Machias. I'm going to read you the publisher blurb first, and then I'm going to get to it. Two kids join forces to save a dog, but wind up saving each other. Ash is no stranger to feeling like an outcast. For someone who cycles through genders, it's a daily struggle to feel in control of how people perceive you. Some days, Ash is undoubtedly a girl, but other times, a 100% guy. Daniel lacks control, too, of his emotions. He's been told he's overly sensitive more times than he can count. He can't help the way he is, and he sure wishes someone would accept him for it. So, when Daniel's big heart leads him to rescue a dog that's about to be euthanized, he's relieved to find Ash willing to help. The two bond over their four-legged secret. When they start catching feelings for each other, however, things go from cute to complicated. Daniel thinks Ash is all girl, but what happens when he finds out there's more to Ash's story? With so much on the line, truth, identity, acceptance, and the life of an adorable pup named Chewbarka, will Ash and Daniel forever feel at war with themselves because they don't fit into the world's binaries, or will their friendship help them embrace the beauty of living in between? First of all, there's a dog named Chewbarka. It really had me at the dog named Chewbarka. I know. Please, tell me about this book. I would love to. So I will say the reviewers were a bit conflicted about what is it for ages eight? Is it for ages 10? I would say grades four to like grades eight, though, honestly, anybody grades four and up. And if you have an LGBTQIA kid, um, there's one in mind that I really want to get this into their hands. Um, if they can relate to the topic and or it's very applicable to their own life. And I know this one is, um, I want to get this book into their hands. So content warnings. There's a lot. There uh, is a bullying incident, a homophobic incident, transphobia. There's toxic, emotionally abusive parents. There's so much. There, there's a certain character in here that is the worst. I will say as terrible and toxic a parent as some people have, there's a great, wonderful and supportive parent. So there's a lot in there. So just be warned that if it's something you're very sensitive about, but you really want to read about it, read at your own risk, but it's written for that younger audience. So I'd say it's worth putting the book in their hands. What is this book about-ish? In this debut, the author explores gender fluidity and gender nonconformity, all while navigating middle school, all the best, worst things you could do. 
you can sell it as an animal rescue book because it is. You can sell it as uh, there is a a kid that's starting a new school. And not only are you trying to identify who you are to the school, you're trying to figure out, should I present myself as Ash or letting people assume Ashley or Ash letting people assume Asher? I love the way that the author opened the book because again, starting a new school, there's a feeling pressure to pick and disclose a single gender. That's what our main character, Ash, feels. Ash's conflicts begin with trying to decide whether to use the boys' room, the girls' room, or a gender-neutral bathroom. Literally, that's how the book opens up. And it's a funny comedic scene with Ash's best friend, Griffy. But you still feel the angst and real emotions that Ash has, something as simple as choosing a bathroom, which is very applicable to today's world, where some kids don't even have to give a thought to like, of course, I'm going to go here, I'm going to go there. But for Ash, using the boys room would forever make them Asher using the girls room forever labeling them Ashley using the gender neutral bathroom declares something even using that declares something that Ash is not comfortable with as being the new kid at the school, especially when their crush, Daniel, is walking by and really you just need to pee. I won't tell you what they choose. It just means there's something that Ash says in there. It says, either one means I can never go into the other one no matter what, which is kind of the finality of, is it Ash has been presented by some characters as gender is black and white? We'll get to which characters. I will say, we mean Daniel. He is overly emotional. And most people treat it like either mildly annoying or kind of Daniel interprets it as being a huge character flaw of himself. He just can't help it that he's emotional and, and cries and he volunteers. He's just big hearted. He volunteers at a local vet's office. And that's what gets him into this pickle is that Chewbarka was surrendered by an owner, a man who says, yeah, put him down, who doesn't stay for it. And then the older vet puts in the first shot that kind of puts the animal to, to act sleep. And then his, the younger vet tech um, is supposed to administer the actual euthanize, euthanizing shot, but the vet gets called away. And then the tech kind of says, I can't do this. This dog is absolutely fine. And then Daniel helps her hide him in a closet, which he, he finds out. But then something happens that makes the vet tech pull away and gives no more thought to him for a few weeks. So now Daniel has a dog that should be dead named Chewbarka, who also pees a lot. Chewbarka. So Daniel's solution is to hide the dog in a tent in the woods outside his house. And he starts sleeping outside in the tent. And also he smells like dog pee. In the midst of all that, Daniel and Ash become a little bit closer. And Daniel eventually, sleep deprived, shares this secret with Ash. And Ash is actually willing to help. Ash loves animals. And it's a sweet moment. But I will say Daniel assumes that Ash is a girl. And as they become closer, there's some there's some romantic tension. There could even be a kiss and some romance. I will say this book is hopeful and positive in the ending, even though there's periods of of um, strife and characters that are bad. And you find out Ash's previous history about why did Ash have to change schools because there was a huge bullying incident, big content warning thing for you. But yeah, so this is a story that it could be built as an animal rescue story, a new friendship, hint of romance, but also so much more. I will say that I love the depiction of this school has a rainbow alliance and it's a source of support for Ash, even if they're really hesitant to actually, there have to be dragged there by Griffey, their best friend, <laughs> honestly. But I will say that 
Ash isn't perfect. I, and this is something uh, I love about the book. Something that I see every day, even with my LGBTQ kids, is that they don't know everything about everything or about LGBTQness. They're still learning and there's so much that they have to know. So when some of the kids in the Alliance introduce themselves, the Ash didn't understand some of the terms. They're like, I don't, I don't know what pre-HRT MTF means. Ash kind of stares at one of the girls, which is rude. And Griffey calls them out on it, one of their friends. So there's some like good teachable moments of, hey, you can very much identify that people don't want to be stared at. They don't want to be thought of as an it, which no. Treat everyone with respect and kindness. Like even if you don't understand, like you can still talk. I will say about this book is there's a huge, I'm going to say it, Ash's dad is the worst and you will hate him. Everyone will hate him. He's transphobic, but it's the kind of representation I think that's that's good to have in a book because Ash's dad thinks that they are an ally because they're like, yeah, I support you and this gay thing, but you know what? You need to just pick. You need to pick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Mary. Hot take. Hot take. He keeps telling Ash, you need to choose a single gender after you start going to school. It will be better for you. But when he says it's going to be better for you, he does not talk about Ash's happiness or fulfillment. He just means it's going to be easier for everybody around you. Dad. Ash kind of gets some of that reflection of dad. And that's a big, huge conflict in the book is like, what am I? Because Ash has been on a stretch of feeling very girly. And they're now feeling like, you know what? I feel that it's almost like a seasonal change. It's how Ash describes it. They're feeling the boy come out in the more, which is a different posture, a different way to dress. And how will Daniel and or Ash's other classmates react to Ash that presents as more Asher in like punk rock clothing and like struts around a little more? These are things, I'm not making this up. This is how Ash described it. And again, you have dad kind of in your head. Dad is toxic. He totally disregards, there's things that when Ash says, I totally disregards when I'm happy, truly happy when I'm with people who see me instead of my gender. He keeps insisting, you got to pick, you got to pick, which really, you know, you got to do this. The thing is about this whole book is that Ash doesn't know if they're trans. They don't know what they're going to be for good. They feel like they have to pick for good Ashley and Asher as like a seventh grader. And there's a lot of pressure. And one of those things is going to make Ash trans. And one of those things will make Ash gay. If Ash decides on being Asher, Asher is gay. If Ash decides on being Ashley, Ash will be straight, attracted towards boys, or at least Daniel. It's very frustrating because gender and sexuality are not the same. They are not. And the, and dad can't even, not even just dad, but uh, dad is the, the mouthpiece that lets, in a book discussion, which I hope people read this and discuss this. I hope it'll be on lists. The dad will be a good character to focus on as a opening discussion for like, hey, what about the dad? Like I really focusing on the dad because he just, he just kept inserting himself. Ash has a beautiful, wonderful, like rainbow of a mom that lets you be you. It's cool. We have parents struggling. We have divorced parents depictions. I focus a lot on the dad because he is the worst. And almost, it made me so angry because dad thinks he's an ally. Like he would be like, yeah, I'm an ally, but you got to pick. You got to be trans. You got to be this. Like you got to, he just keeps going black and white when really that's, that's not, you're misunderstanding your child. Thankfully, mom is cool. And this is a story about claiming your own identity in the face of opposition and rejection. And Ash finally realizes, or and actually Daniel too, nobody has to pick, pick between two opposites for different topics, whether it's non-binary, trans, 
being too emotional. It's a spectrum. It's not a binary. You can be on both ends at the same time or neither end. You can be on this glorious spectrum and that's okay. And that's something I think a lot of middle schoolers are figuring out for themselves on a whole different top, lot of different topics. So I think this is a perfectly middle grade kind of book to get into the hands of kids as young as fourth grade. Um, just to let them know that they, they don't have to pick and that's okay. Cause I have even like family members where they thought they were one thing in high school, but then you know what? They learn some stuff 10 years later, right? Not even 10 years. They realize, oh, it's not so black and white that you're either gay or a lesbian. We were like, well, if I don't like boys and I was assigned female as birth, I must be a lesbian. And then they realize things about themselves and they have, a, they're a trans man. And that's beautiful. I accept you for whatever you are, whether you're a teen that I just met or someone that I know. And if your identity changes and that's what you tell me, I will always meet that with kindness and understanding because I'm not here to tell you anything. Like people can grow and people can change. And that's something I hope that people get out of this book. I have a lot of feelings. It's fine. It's okay to have a lot of feelings. I understand that. I've had some kids at my old library that changed pronouns on me a couple times because like it takes a while to figure out your identity and that's okay. And like your identity might be set for five years and then you discover some more things about yourself or you discover some new different terms and definitions and languages and you're like, oh, I'm actually this. And like, that's fine. Yes. That actually kind of talks about, that gets talked about in my book as well. Um, Tell me about your book, then we'll talk about it. All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about with this book or are you sad? Oh, no, I talked my talk. It was it was a book that uh, when I saw the cover, right. I was into yeah. it. When I started the description, I was super into it. And I was so into it that I um actually I had just gotten it on the shelf a, a day or two. And I booked talked to one of your town's patrons. And I don't think it's come back since. And I wanted to read that. It's OK. It's only been probably an extra month. And then I wanted to read this. I knew we were going to talk up. So I even I even bought a book. I was like, I want to read this book so much. I bought a Kindle version of it. So I didn't get the tactile experience, but I did love the color, the hints of the transgender flag on the um, the cover of this book. So it's very cover appealing not to put it at the end, but I liked it. So I think it's appealing. I think you'll get some kids who won't realize what it's about. They think, oh, an animal story. I like that. It could be just like, you know, miscalculations of lightning girl. And that's not wrong. I think it still does appeal to it, those kids with that audience. I think it's just a good pick and a good way to introduce that. And again, Chewbarka, someone that society, well, society, threw away, still has value, still has needs. There's still someone that will want you. So actually, Chewbarka is a really beautiful, awesome character, not just a throwaway dog. Chewbarka, she's so beautiful. She's like a Pomeranian that has a peeing problem. I have feelings. You do. And that's great. That's why I like doing this with you. Because if you didn't have feelings about books, it'd be very boring. Tell me about your book. <laughs> cool. So I read the graphic novel Genderqueer, a memoir by Maya Kebab. I believe that's how you say E's name. So the intended grade for this one is high school and up. The publisher is Oni Press, and it came out in May of 2019. Uh, it also was a 2020 Stonewall Israel Fishman Nonfiction Award honor book as well as a 2020 American Library Association Alex winner. And it also got a starred review in School Library Journal when it came out. So content warnings for it. There's definitely gender dysphoria in this book, as well as the author talking in a very traumatic way about menstruation, um, yeah. as well as some medical trauma dealing with a um, medical test that he had to have. And so what is this book really about, right? 
you might have heard about it because it's been in the news a lot. Uh, it's an honest walk through someone's life as they wrestle with sexuality and gender and kind of pulling those two threads apart. The way it starts is Maya talks about how he never wanted to write any type of like autobiographical type graphic memoir when Air were in um, grad school for art. Mm-hmm. In that class, everybody was like assigned to talk about like, you know, do talk about something that like is a secret for you like you know and tell that story and Maya was like no thank you <laughs> like I don't <laughs> want to unpack this but the more it goes along you know E ends up creating this amazing book and I'm using the, the pronoun terms E, M, and Air mm-hmm. for Maya Kebab because the pronouns that Maya uses are the spyback pronouns and so instead of it like a lot of people would be like oh they them but Maya gets into why they them never actually feels appropriate mm-hmm. for M. So that's that's something. But it's really cool too, like when you have a complicated topic like gender and sexuality and you have it as a graphic novel, because the way the author can unpack it in this very visual and textual world at the same time. And so your brain is like engaging it in two different ways. And it's just kind of great because it makes some some things that I think are are complicated for some people who just don't get like you should just accept people for who they are so when he tells you who they are you go okay cool (laughs) like here's my pronouns let's (laughs) talk about it like it's or if you let's talk about whatever you want to talk about (sighs) like that's pretty cool because i really do think that when you get that complication and it's broken down in these manageable pages with these like great like full page artworks that's where graphic novels can really sing in a way that a textual book just kind of can't I'm not saying that there aren't great books written by like trans and non-binary authors that explain this because they do, but it's just, there's something about like the graphic novel as a medium for this type of storytelling. If you actually go to read this book around page, around page like 66, Maya draws like this whole like full page panel and it's got like the male symbol and the female symbol. So like, you know, the circle with the cross and the circle with the arrow. And there's these two trees and it almost looks kind of like a tarot card and in the middle and in the soil there's like a circle with both the cross and the the arrow about and this is like kind of maya talking about where things are when he's trying to figure out like what their sexuality and gender is and so it's like in the middle there's like the knowledge of a third option that slept like a seed in the soil. And then when you flip the page, it's Mm. like the seed is growing and there's all these leaves that have all these questions. So like this seed put out many leaves, but I didn't have the language to identify the plant. And things that are on the the leaves are like, I wish I was a boy. I never want to have sex. I wish I had short hair. I never want kids. I hate my breasts. I feel like something is wrong with me. I wish I had a gender neutral home. Mm. Yeah. And like Maya grows up in a family that's not really big on gender norms and like putting that on their kids. But at the same time, so when Maya like comes out to her mom and the mom isn't really receptive of it at first, like, like she's not like horrible, but she's not as supportive as she could be of her kid. Okay. Maya is just very kind of like dejected, I guess I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, he's also trying to figure out like what 
does this gender representation mean? What does the sexuality part of it, like yeah. the whole thing, and like, am I asexual? And like the sexuality part, I would say never gets completely explained. Um, and this book yeah. does kind of end at some point. <laughs> yes. But it, the way some people have said like, oh, this book ended too, like too, too soon for me yeah. because I wanted, I wanted it to be wrapped up. But I think uh-huh. that's where this book sings again is that Maya Kobab is not done. They're still living. Right. They're still living. They're still exploring this. Why should we have to make it like this decision on them? You know, like to have this book all wrapped up and tidy because those self explorations aren't ever wrapped up all neat and tidy. Yeah. Like sometimes they are. Good for you if that happens for you. And yes. some of us wrestle with it for the rest of our lives. And that's fine too. Not a big deal. Uh, I mean, it feels like a big deal. I'm not trying yeah. to dismiss it. No. I'm just saying, like it's more normal than people think. So anyway, at least in the uh, LGBTQIA plus so so yeah so you get all this great artwork that kind of also shows a lot of like androgyny and how they're thinking about their their self just a lot of these like i didn't have words for this until i discovered transgender vocabulary from like Mm -hmm. reading a journal of reading articles in the san francisco chronicle and then like maya starts finding out like these terms like what they mean and there's also a great like illustration of the next one page where is like a in a snail shell and each segment of the snail shell has like a different thing like if i was trans wouldn't i be saying i'm a boy not i wish i was a boy wouldn't i be more sure and am i trans am i a gay boy or a straight boy or a bisexual boy except i'm not sure if i ever want to have sex <laughs> i love that they can't see that i can see on the video that you are turning your laptop upside down and around to yeah. read the snail spiral yeah does that mean i'm asexual if i'm asexual does my gender even matter so can I just be a girl? What I don't feel like a girl. What am I? Uh, and I think that's just such a great little like visual of like, you know, you watched me go through all of that. Like we mm-hmm. go through all of that with her. And I think that's kind of amazing. So yeah, it's it's just kind of like I said, it's just a memoir. So it reminds me a lot of Fun Home, mm-hmm. um, which is the Alison Blackdell story about her kind of coming to terms with her sexuality only this one we have an author who is really coming to terms with her gender the sexuality kind of enters it on and off yeah but i would say the main focus is more on the gender identity than the sexual identity and you know they're in the acronym they're part of the alphabet mafia so it's all good but yeah it's like i said it's a really good book he did really good job with like the colors too. I can't remember if Maya actually colored the book or if somebody else did the colors. But it actually will I mean it'll have you if you read it, you'll you will definitely be thinking a lot more about your gender and like gender in society and how people are so quick to put everybody in these black and white boxes when it doesn't really have to be that way. You can just be yourself and it's okay. <laughs> so because like one of the great discoveries in the book is he figures out that while He's been dressing like a, like a like a drab, like teen boy. Yeah, he really wants like more flair. <laughs> like Maya really likes the stylings of um, oh gosh, what's his name? He's the figure skater Johnny Beer. Yes, um, that was the seminal moment in Air's life when they're like, oh my god, person like on TV. That was sequins and figure skate. That was a huge thing for. Yeah, and so like trying to express all that and express, I want my pronouns to be respected. And like, it's also hard if you're kind of a quiet, more shy person to be like, excuse me, my, my pronouns are, are not she, her, they're not they, them, they're he, him, er, 
like please respect that like it's a it's and you you see Maya wrestle with that and trying to like stand up for herself and you know it's not easy so yeah. I get it it's not easy being gay in America I can't imagine <laughs> it's like being trans in America right so. Uh, yeah, because you've read this one too, right? I have read that. Actually, I read this one and then I actually did a reread recently because in our part of Connecticut, there are some people that are specifically choosing genderqueer by Maya and saying that it should not be on the shelves of public libraries, not school libraries. I'm not sure about that, but in the sense of public libraries. So we were given a heads up. So I'm like, let me just do a reread. And even another coworker had uh, let me know, like, are you sure of this one? And their question was more, should it be an adult or or should it be in teen? And and they are very open-minded, and I love them, and they're they're great. Uh, but I said no. I think they should still be in teen because and an adult. We have it in there as well. And this is something that Maya said in the end of of Gender Queer that I mentioned in our email communications with the other librarians that so many teens are identifying as LGBTQIA plus, and like the author says in your book, how many kids are trans or non-binary but don't have the words for it yet? Like again, the person in my family that thought they were one thing, but they really ended up with a fuller discovery. It's almost like a, it's so. Oh my god, I almost had this terrible. It's almost like a flower blooming, which is the lamest thing. It's just that you you grow, you learn, and and the and language is such a huge thing. And we need books at middle grade level. We need books available to in the in the teen area, available not just in the adult area because that could still be a barrier for some people, depending on where your adult graphic novels are. Some libraries I know have adults and teen together. Some have them separate by floors. And it, you just, you need, you need books like this. You need to have graphic novels like this that have the visuals or, and or like the one that I read, both can be true, that have the words and know that it's okay if, if you, you think you're trans, if you think you're non-binary, but you don't have to like rush into pick now or you don't have to rush into pick later. You can just be you. And hopefully, I know not everybody in this world will accept you with kindness and love, but Hopefully people in your world and your family that you can build and hopefully maybe your blood family can love you for who you are and go with you on that journey and not be like, that's weird. That's wrong. Pick like all these terrible, horrible things. Especially this last week, I was, I was telling you in the pre-show about some, some preteens and teens in my community and some things that they're going through, or even like, even as young as fifth grade, being bullied by someone that's also in the, the pride group at your school in fifth grade is that you need language, you need more understanding. And, and hopefully, reading is one way to open your mind and sympathize and understand someone else's point of view. Even if I can't understand you know, the not someone's non-binary perspective, I will never 100% know what that's like, but I want to read about it to try and understand so I can empathize and be kind about it. Totally. Um, and then I actually did a little bit of sleuthing. Yes. Just because I know that this book has been challenged a lot. And yeah, it's been challenged in two public libraries so far in our state. Yes. It's been challenged in multiple school libraries across the country. Mm-hmm. And in some places I think it's been removed. In some places, like they're trying to fight it so that it can stay. And I found out that Maya actually did a Washington Post op-ed as a response to all of this. You can Google it and just put it in like Maya Kebab. Oh, yeah. Washington Post op-ed, it should, should show up. But he goes through it, and as it's kind of... And of course, because, you know, he's a graphic novelist, and cartooning is the way Eric expresses himself. It's part text, part graphic, 
park graphics. And so like Maya finds out about it because somebody tagged him in like an Instagram post about it, the school board meeting. He just looked at it and was like, I'm blocking this because I'm going to go to sleep. Because if I look at this, I will never sleep. Yeah. <laughs> the whole rest of it is talking about like why this book is being banned and, and how he feels about it as the author of this work. And it's exactly what you're talking about at the very end, reiterating the whole thing of like, if I'm a queer person and I put this story out there, maybe a queer kid who's struggling and doesn't have the language and words can read this book because yes. there's these kids need to know they're not alone and they're not the only one. And I'm paraphrasing a lot. You should definitely like look up the op-ed. It's very good. It doesn't take very long to read. It's very visual. No, I'm ready um, now. It's great. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really good. And I think the bigger question is not that it's getting banned, but the people who want to ban it, like why is it they constantly go after the LGBT community and also black and brown writers as well? Yep. Because there's a big push. And we talked about this in the episode. If you want to hear more about censorship, you can listen to our censorship episode where we have Sam Leon to talk from, uh, to talk more about uh, why books get banned and challenged. And really, it's just about one person trying to control the narrative of creating a white, straight society with mm-hmm. two genders, which is not how our world works. No. So, like, one of the things that's been, I guess you say, harpooned at this book is that it's a child porn. Mm-hmm. because there's a illustration of like a greek urn that's like it's it's an actual piece of like greek artwork Art. that it's like you see you could see in any of your Museum. history books. yeah yeah like you, and when i say history books i mean your world history books in high school like it's 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 very much yeah you can look at it and be like oh that's greek art and like move forward with your day titillating you know he took that and put it in the book to talk about like Air experiences with like sexuality and whatnot, and like yes. writing fan fiction and like being really into like MM fan fiction. Mm-hmm. There's an adorable section about writing One Direction fanfic, <laughs> uh, I know. which I have no interest in, but I, yes. I adore the fanfic community. And when they come up with like stuff like that, I'm like, go for it. It's awesome. Go for it. There's a lot of really good writers that I like also started with fanfic. A lot of good comic writers that I read, I totally wrote fanfic before they got published at Marvel. And you can tell, and it's so good, because <laughs> they bring that enthusiasm with them that Marvel did not have. So I'm here for it. But yeah, you should all read this book. It's great. And I think it's it's a great book for you to read if you are a queer and questioning kid. It's also a great book to read if you are not a queer and questioning kid, but you, have, you just want to have a better understanding of people who that you go to school with or that live in the world that you live in. Um, so I feel like, you know, we say this a lot. Books are windows and doors. They show us who we are and they teach us about others. And this book does a little bit of both depending on how the reader uh, associates. So yeah, that's what I have to say. Read this book. It's very good. I liked it. Five stars. Would read again. <laughs> probably, you probably will read it again. It is. It's actually my second read through. <laughs> Right. It's in, uh, that's one great thing about a graphic novel is that it's there's not a barrier of feeling, oh, it's like a 500 page book. You're like, no, it's not that long. And it's, it's pictures. Everybody loves pictures. It's a, it's a pretty quick read. And I'd say both of these books are great for parents, teachers, librarians, educators, therapists, anybody who works with kids and teens to help understand. Because a lot of times I've had a lot of parents come in this past summer and fall I feel like for, especially for younger kids, even than I, that I'm used to seeing saying, my kid came out to me as whatever, as this, as that. Now what? 
And I'm like, great, let's find some books, you know, and they just, but I, I love that they're there. I love that they've shown up, that they're asking about it. They're curious and trying to get them more information. I'm sure they Googled something, but I love that at least the kids that I'm finding there, even there was even one woman that was very cranky and was very, she wanted to make sure I, she's like, no, no, not books for the teen. She's like, for me, she wanted adult books. I was like, okay, we can get you adult book on pronouns. The woman, very cranky. Still was there showing up, trying to to learn and better themselves. And that's making me very encouraging that I'm seeing so much of this and that we're trying to have more programs. And the same thing you said, just trying to increase understanding, awareness, learning. And I try to talk to, I don't try to police people, but I try to help be kind. And in case we make mistakes, and if I make mistakes, I try to correct myself. And I, I welcome other people to correct me because I know I'm not perfect with making sure, oh, did I do right? Same. We we try our best. 100%. But tr- I think trying is the main thing. That's a, a discussion I had with a coworker, a different coworker, is that you're going to make mistakes. And, you know, it's not about making a big, oh, my goodness. Oh, but it make, and not, not even and not even saying I'm I'm sorry. But because if I say, oh, I'm sorry, Mary, I mispronounced you. you maybe like, that's OK. And, but maybe it's not OK. Maybe you feel obligated to be like, I'm sorry. Yes, that's OK. You, maybe you feel obligated to, like, say it's OK. When it just, I can just say, thank you for correcting me. I think we try to practice that. And I know some people just roll their eyes. And I'm like, try. Just try. Well, yeah, and like, don't make a big deal about it when you're yeah. wrong, because then you're making it about yourself. Yeah, and it's not about you; it's about respecting the other person's pronouns. And not is when you're respecting someone's pronouns, you're not just you're respecting who they are. Yes, because they share that information with you. Yes, and it's a beautiful thing, and we should all try for respect and kindness. We should, and and for my friends that like to be grammar friends, they them and they're they're that. That's correct. It can be used singularly. And it's not really about the grammar. Let's just take a second. That let's not focus on the grammar when really someone's sharing about themselves. Let's put a human being above grammar. Yeah. Because we're not talking about an Oxford comma here. We're talking about like an actual person. Human being. And I always say, like whenever I talk to other people, when we're talking about like, pronouns and trying to be more accepting of it and whatnot. I'm like, well, here's the thing. If a kid or even an adult, if a person stands in front of you and they said, this is who I am, you say, okay. It's nice to meet you. And then you, you you have a conversation. Like you don't get hung up on their pronouns. It's just like, okay. Like, and you move forward. Like it's not like you accept it and move on. Like you don't have to understand it. Like you don't have to like read like a 500 page essay about it. You just need to like say, okay, like you accept that I'm tall. I accept that you are shorter than me. <laughs> like it's not, it's, it's, it's a characteristic, right? Like it's, yes. I have brown hair, you have blonde hair. Like, I accept those things. I don't try and change it and be like, Marissa, you have red hair. Like, no, like, you, these are your pronouns. Okay, cool. And like, move forward. Like, like I don't have to understand if your hair is natural or if like, you die. like, see, like, that's a whole, like, we don't need to worry about that. <laughs> we just accept it. We move forward in our lives. Yeah. And we have a conversation about like anime or like books or how cute our dogs are. Like, it's people it's, are people. Yeah. We're all human. So. Ugh. I know. So I think that was fun. Also, I do feel like we should shout out some more of our favorite trans and non-binary books because I know I didn't mention enough books, Nick. We were focusing on our beautiful baby books. Well, I can talk about what Casing um, Calendar. Um, I yeah. like their stuff. Uh, they have a middle grade and they also have an adult book um, that deals with like non-binary and trans kids of color, which I think mm-hmm. is uh, uh, where we need to talk more about uh, yes. just in general in publishing. Um, I'm also a big fan of the graphic novel series, The Quick and Easy Guides. 
So if yes. you're like, oh, I don't want to read a 250 page like fiction book or whatnot to understand this, like you can pick up the quick and easy guides. They're small graphic novels. We have them in our teen room. I'm actually looking at like getting some more. Um, we have one that's on um, trans and non-binary identities. We have another one that's just on pronouns. Um, yes. They have them on uh, what does consent mean? They also have them. I think there's a new one or one that came out this past year about asexuality. Um, so yeah, and those are great and they're small and they're fast. And they give you like a really good look at that. Um, if I was your girl, it's probably like one of my favorite realistic Ugh. trans girl reads. Um, that's also very much like a, oh, it's a hard read, but it's very good. It has, if you want that realistic ox fiction, that's pretty good. What are some of your faves? Uh, right. Oh, first of all, I also love that. I remember when If I Was Your Girl was new and hype and not only was it a trans author, but we had a trans model on the cover and I was like, yes, I felt like that was important. It's my favorite trans books. I did read Felix Ever After by Casing Calendar too. I love that one. One that you brought to me, my attention, um, was Amy Rose uh, Capetta and Corey McCarthy's Once in Future. Oh God, we love that's, that book. That's chock full of fun. And I got the sequels. That's one of those books sometimes I book talk and I don't tell people it's an LGBT book. I just want them to experience it because it stands on its own as this really awesome space fantasy romp. That's like a remix on Arthurian legend. I do think you should definitely, not you, but like you specifically, but the general you, read, since they're both out, I would definitely read, read them together if you can. And then I have a um, quick fun story. My a week or so ago, I had my first in-person program ah, in the library in a room that could hold up to 50 in COVID times. That can usually hold up to 200 pre-COVID times. We had 15 teens and I had eight brand new eighth graders that had not been to the writing group before. And they came into the teen room, there's a point, to this before the program and they asked for reading recommendations and I couldn't quite hear them because they were a little quiet at first. There were literally eight people that were like, we want blah, blah. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, what do you want? Realistic sci-fi fantasy? And they're like, gay! Literally eight separate beautiful baby angels all were like, we want gay. <laughs> so then we went on like this Pied Piper of like 25 minutes of where I book talked like five or six general ones based off what they said. And then one kid was like, I want one where the, like there's, it's sad and where the person, like not the personized, but a romantic interest dies. So I, I did um, do, they both die at the end. What else did I do? What does the age do? They both die at the end. Um, I mean, they, they both die at the end. And then I talked about I one, I think. never on my shelf because I tried to put it on my Taylor Swift thread. Um, oh, you tried. A day. Well, I did mine on for the 10 minute, uh, I wish you well. Video. Oh yes, I saw I saw your Instagram posts. I talked yeah, about yesterday's anyway. history because yesterday's history is like a time travel. Like, what if you fall in love with somebody in the past and somebody in the future? Okay. And I was also trying to. I wanted them to. And my coworker, who was a sub, and great, but she, they knew. They're like, no, we need to talk to Miss Marissa. So I was like, I was glad. I wanted them to feel like there's a plethora of choices in the teen room because I have created a diverse collection of BIPOC and LGBTQIA authors, and I wanted them to know. There's so much more than the one I talked to you about, but one girl wanted this, one boy wanted this one. And I just wanted to know, like, oh, do you want a gender fluid assassin? I got this one. Do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want they just wanted one that will rip your heart out and make you cry? I'm like, oh, if you want that, I'm like, then we will totally I will totally give you I wish you all the best by Mason Deaver. But oh, I also yeah. Yes. Um, but I also cautioned them saying, I'm never gonna tell you that you're not old enough or you're too young to read a book. But just know that the coming out scene where the main character comes out to their parents is non-binary. Um, it 
wrecks me a lot. And I just wanted them aware of that. But I'm like, just know this gets better. This has romance. They start a new life. They live with their sister and husband. And again, no plot spoilers, but I thought it was worth mentioning to the people that I'm like, if you want something that's like emotionally going to crush you and, and wrap up all your feelings and crush them in a ball. So it was a great 25 minutes where we just like, it was like supermarket sweep, but the gay books. And I talked about Aaron Goo. I didn't have Amelia West. No, I did have Amelia Westlake was never here. Um, I had get together Delilah for more of an Australian female, female kind of one. I'm like the Australians have a totally different culture than us. Cause you could be a high school senior and you could be put in charge of running your parents who are both ways cafe. It was just fun to like have kids. That I feel like they're so open and it's just so much. They're not like, it's not like whatever years ago when they're like, excuse me, I want, I want, I want Luna. Or some book that's like the gay book or like some other sad thing. So they, there's so much choices and I love there's so many choices and I can't wait to see what future fun choices come out. It just makes yeah. me happy. I'm surprised you didn't talk about Aiden Thomas, Cemetery Boys. I know you love that one. They, mm, you're right. Cemetery Boys is the best. I did love that one. Um, yeah. There's what? also... Um, uh, talking about if I was your girl, we actually have a community. Con- we have conversation kits where you can pick up a. It's like a book tote that has a couple books in it, so you can actually like read them with your family or your friends and have like a little conversation about it. And one of the ones we have is for if I was your girl. Uh, so that is the thing you want. This is very public library. If you need it, we got it for you. I'm trying to think, and then there's like the Prince and the Dressmaker, which has like some non-binary mm. identity in it. It's never officially stated. Love it. I don't know. Sometimes I think about this, my brain just like goes completely blank. And stop I know. You have 10 more books. Your brain is so. so full that you're like, I can't think of it all. But there's. Well, yeah, and there's there's a so fair amount of new stuff too. And there's also that memoir, Boys Aren't Blue. Yes, I listened to that. That was a very good audiobook. Yeah, that one's probably going to be an award winner this year. If it hasn't already won awards. It, it probably did. I think it did. I don't understand how time works in the pandemic anymore. I'm so sorry. What is a year? I don't know. Who knows? I know. So thank you for joining us as we talked about our awesome binary books for Trans Awareness Week. Yes, that's what we did. <laughs> we did that. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Book Jam. You just got jammed. <laughs>